case you're not exactly sure where you are, this is the Florida Council of Citizens with Vogue Vision, and this is our annual meeting. So I want to welcome everybody that's here. I'm not. And thank you for being here. And this is a great opportunity for you to meet our new second vice president, Sherry Shisma. We want to give her a nice hand of welcome to the board. Thank you. Just want to make a, uh, a brief statement. I would like uh, all of you that are here, all of you who are on the, uh, are we Zooming? Uh, all of you are out uh, in Zoom land. Uh, to think about our organization and get back to me, tell me what you want this organization to be to you. Uh, we uh, want to be able to provide support. We want to provide information. We want to provide updates on uh, medical issues and technology. And we also want to uh, be able to provide social networking for people who are vis visually impaired who have low vision. But we'd like to hear from you from the general membership to find out what you, what this organization uh, should be. So my contact information is on the FCB website, uh, if you don't uh, know it. And uh, just uh, either email me or text me, or you can call me with uh, feedback to uh, that answer. Uh, next up is our wonderful secretary, uh, Sharon, and uh, Sharon asked me just to mention that our minutes are going to be late to the meeting today. Uh, they seem to have uh, taken off and run away, uh, but uh, we did have a virtual meeting uh, last year and they are somewhere, yes, they're in the FCCLV cloud. Okay, you want me to read the, the uh, proposed? Oh, the treasurer's report first. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't paying attention to you, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's nothing new, though, is it? <laughs> okay. Um, this is Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision. This is a treasurer's report. Now, these dates are important, folks. And therefore, that's why these doors need, the doors need to be closed. But that's only my opinion. <clears throat> um, May 1st, 2019 to April 25th, 2021. Okay. Um, BB&T checking beginning balance as of 5-1-2019. $13,984.47. Income from dues, $1,540. Donations, $105. Fundraising, $460. FCB raffle for 2019, uh, $200. Total income, $2,305 even. And then, then expenses. FCB raffle for 2019, $70. FCB dues and assessments, 
$404. Member expenses, this is for a plaque, excuse me, $43. Total expenses, $617. Ending balance as of April 25th, 2021, $15,672.97. Respectfully submitted, Bill Freeman, Treasurer. Just because you can't do anything about it. Okay. Okay. Next on our agenda is approval of our updated bylaws that were uh, passed by Constitution and bylaws back, I believe, in March of 2020. Uh, is there anybody uh, uh, sitting here or on Zoom who would like to have the, uh, cons the updated Constitution and bylaws read? Uh, that could I, uh, we would need, then we would need a motion that to proceed with the approval of the minutes without being read. So we would need that from the floor. I mean, having the constitution and bylaws, the updated constitution and bylaws uh, approved without being read. Let us go ahead and read it. <clears throat> okay. This, this is the um, Constitution bylaws, and um, uh, from what I understand, Paul has made some copies, and they are available. So, Article 1, name. <clears throat> the name of this organization shall be the Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision, here and after called FCCLV. This organization is to be a nonprofit membership organization and shall do all things necessary to qualify for tax exemption status pursuant to internet, yeah, Internal Revenue Service Code 501c3. <clears throat> Article 2, Purpose. FCCLV is a service, mem service membership organization, the purposes of which are, A, to establish the rights of all persons with low vision to maximize their eyesight with all available devices, services, and technology. B, to educate persons with low vision as well as the public and the professionals in the field of low vision to potentialities, capabilities, and needs of people with low vision. C, to provide an avenue through which persons with low vision can express their unique re requirements, interests, and preferences. D, to establish and maintain outreach programs to ensure that all individuals with low vision have access to all new services and products for people with low vision. And I just dropped a page, hold on. 
<clears throat> We're getting there. This is good. No, I got it. <clears throat> e, to promote research and encourage development of devices and technologies to assist persons with low vision. Article three, membership, voting, and dues. Membership. Any persons with low vision or any interested individual or organization may become a member by complying with the provisions of, of dues and membership. FCC will, will consider a person to have low vision if the best corrected vision in the better eye does not exceed 20 over 100 or who have a visual field restriction of no more than 30 uh, degrees of field. <clears throat> B, affiliation. FCCLV is an affiliate chapter of the Florida Council of the Blind and is also a part of the American Council of the Blind. C, dues. To be a member in good standing of FCCLV, one must pay such dues as was voted upon at the last annual FCCLV business meeting. See, this is going faster than you thought it would, Paul. <clears throat> D, voting. Each member in good standing in attendance at an annual FCCLV business meeting shall be entitled to one vote. FCCLV delegates to the FCB convention shall be entitled to cast one vote for each 10 members or fraction thereof. Delegates shall be elected at an FCCLV annual business meeting by a simple majority of those members present and voting. Two, the right of the right of a member to vote shall be contingent upon the payment of dues prior to the annual FCCLV business meeting. <clears throat> Article four, officers. A. A. Officers of this organization shall be a president, first vice president, second vice president, recording secretary, a treasurer, and a membership secretary. The treasurer and membership secretaries may be held by the same person. <clears throat> B, the president or one of the vice presidents shall act as FCCLV's representative to the Florida Council of the Blind Board. This person shall serve for a term of one year. If the person cannot serve in this, serve the entire one year term, the board shall appoint a replacement. C, the officers of this organization and the immediate past president, I'm sure that says, um, ex officio, shall constitute the board of directors. The president and vice presidents of, the, of this organization shall not be elected to the same office for more than two consecutive terms. All members of the board of Directors shall be the treasurer, recording secretary, and membership secretary. Must be persons with low vision. E, officers shall be elected by majority vote of the membership present at, the, at any regular annual business meeting. 
Article 5, duties of the officers of the board of, direct board of directors and committees. A, any voting member of, the or of this organization, with the exception of the president, may pr pr propose, second, and vote on motions. B, officers at this or of this organization shall perform the, the usual functions of officers as prescribed by Robert's Rules of Order, revised. The treasurer of this organization, in addition to the, to the usual duties of such office, shall forward to the membership secretary the names of all voting members as received, oh, as received, period. The treasurer shall, function, shall furnish a financial report at the annual FCCLV business meeting. <clears throat> C, the board of directors shall be the governing body of this organization between annual FCCLV business meetings, provided that it shall make no policy or decisions or take, take no action in con conflict with existing decisions um, or actions of the at the annual business meeting d all committee rep chairpersons shall be appointed by the president <clears throat> meetings a no wait i'm sorry <laughs> there isn't enough i thought there was two, more than one part <laughs> but because it starts out a regular business meeting <laughs> a regular meeting of this organization shall be held once a year to be known as the annual FCCLV business meeting. A majority of all the delegates certified and seated at the annual business meeting um, shall constitute a quorum to do business. In, uh, to do business. In addition, FCCLV shall convene quarterly uh, telephone board meetings, which are open to all members th throughout the year period. The, the president may call additional meetings with proper notice. Okay, Article 7, Amendments. These bylaws may be amended as follows. The FCCLV board must first approve any amendments. The board approves approved amendment shall then be presented in writing to the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at least 30 days prior to the first day of the annual FCB convention. The amendment shall, the amendments that have been approved, we're almost at the end, uh, by the board and vetted by the uh, FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee shall be uh, presented to the general FCCLV membership at the annual FCCLV business meeting and may be approved by a simple majority of vote of those present according to the voting procedure contained herein. Such proposed amendments shall be read under the heading of new business. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, next, we need a motion to accept these uh, constitution and bylaws.
Lorraine, are you out there? Would you be willing to make a motion? Okay, thank you, Lorraine. Could I have a second? Yes, uh, second by Doreen King. Doreen King. Okay, thank you. Any discussion? No, no, I'm Casting. going to walk around the room. And if you are a member, uh, call out your name. Testing, testing. Good afternoon. I'm Lorraine Clement. You have two members. Uh, you have two members on Zoom that are, um, you've got, uh, you got Richard Reading. And, and Greg Lindbergh. Pam Sogi. We hope that everybody who is here who is not a member will choose to become a member. Virginia Rumpelakis. Yeah, I'm Ken Strong. This is my wife, Miriam. Miriam Blum. Ginger Oreskovich. Angie Pan. I'm Elizabeth Cook, my daughter Anne Smoke, and our friend Christy Smoke. Any person with low vision or, or any interested individual or organization may become a member by complying with the provisions of dues and membership. FCCLB will consider a person to have low vision if the best corrected vision in the better eye does not, all in capital letters, exceed 20 over 200, or who have a visual field restriction of no more than 30 degrees of field. So any, anybody who has worse vision than All those in favor uh, who are members of the uh, bylaws, Please by signal by saying aye. Any opposed? Looks like the ayes have it. Congratulations, we now have a new set of bylaws. Uh, next up, um, if you can focus your eyes on me as I'm out here, uh, we have updated our logo. Uh, those of us on the board really like this logo. It's simple. It's directly to the point, and there's no one mistaking about what it says and what we're about. Uh, we would like to get uh, an approval on this logo from those of you who are members and those of you who will soon become members. This will be the logo representing, if approved, by our organization. If I turn around, you can see it a little bit larger. It is a, it's a uh, handheld magnifier, pretty much looking like Sherlock Holmes magnifier. 
that I believe is pointing uh, left to right. Sharon, pointing left to right or? And inside the, where the glass would be on the magnifier are the initials in uh, capital letters, F, C, C, L, V. Uh, uh, there is a circle around it and around the circle it says, yeah, I'm sorry. On the outside of the circle, on uh, the first line it says Florida Council of the of Florida Council of Citizens with low vision. With low vision. So if, uh, could I get a motion to accept this new logo as our official logo for this organization? Could I have a second? Okay, all those in favor, say aye. Any opposed? <laughs> and we will be, uh, we have a local source who will make the, uh, that we can provide you with uh, church. Unfortunately, uh, there is a cost to them, uh, but we would be more than happy to uh, provide those for anybody who would want them. Sharon? Okay, thank you. Feel free to contact the president as well, and he will be more than happy to forward the information to Sharon. Uh, are there any, uh, any of our committee chairs wish to make a report at this time? Okay. So this is Leslie um, for fundraising. We had a table in the exhibit hall. Um, of course, with 2020 being as it was, we didn't fundraise last year, but we did raise this weekend $230 for a bottle of rum and a Publix gift card. If I pull your name, can you come, Michelle? If I pull your name and you don't want the rum, you can just take the Publix card and we'll pull again for the rum. Yeah, you, uh, Sharon can pull. Uh oh. It says Michelle Reed. Hey, yay! Woohoo! All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Good, good, good. And uh, real quick, uh, yeah, you get both of them. I'll give you. Uh, the party is uh, Friday, February 16th. We're in the hospitality suite yeah. at 10 p.m. Right. And also real quick for membership, if anybody wants to pay dues today, just come up and see me after the meeting. $20. Yes. That's tonight at the banquet, after the banquet for the 50-50. Yep. 
and it's up, I believe it's over 500 right now. That's for FCB. So, yeah. Is there any old or new business that any members would like to bring forward or anything that anybody else from the uh, out uh, there sitting in the audience would like to ask? Okay. Uh, I didn't see a hand, but... Uh, Only about 10% of those deemed as blind are totally blind. Recognizing that people who have lost some, but not all of their sight, and that those with low vision have di different needs than those who are totally blind. In eight, 1983, the Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision was made an affiliate of the Florida Council of the Blind. FCCLV is here to serve people with some remaining sight with informational resources, educational programs, and peer support. We meet bi-monthly in a phone conference and yearly in person um, in conjunction with the FCB convention. If you, if you would like to get more uh, information, um, President Paul would be glad to hear from you. <laughs> and then it gives his, contact him at, okay? <laughs> so that, that's, that's what I wrote up. And I'm gonna have to put his phone number in there. Right, yeah. That's terrific, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry, Lorraine. Yeah, it's well, my number is on the website now as well, but it's 239 634 6515. Uh, I am a late night person, but I would appreciate no calls after midnight. Okay, I think we are. Uh, we have everything done. I just will mention that we will be putting out more information via emails about uh, what the goals and aspirations are for FCC LV uh, for the upcoming year, and we would love to have the uh, the feedback from our uh, from people of our general membership and. In 2022, at our next annual meeting, we will have elections. Uh, they have been uh, postponed, so the current board will be sitting uh, in the, this position till that time. And anybody who is interested in uh, uh, running when that time comes, we would uh, like to hear from you. At this time, I'd like to uh, hear a motion for adjournment. Uh, second, all in favor? We are adjourned. Ginger, we are ready for you. Uh, we want to thank Wesley for arranging our speakers. It's always good when we have people living in the city are from our membership. 
who can reach out to uh, local uh, people who can provide uh, presentations for us. So, you know, usually at the beginning of every time somebody speaks, I always say, please put your cell phones on vibrate. I'm actually just saying that because I know that I probably need to do that with my own. So if my phone, if I start barking, it's because I didn't do that. Um, I'm going to leave my purse right here, if you don't mind. Okay. So in case anybody wants to know who I am what, and why I'm standing up here, I don't know either. Except I, I do remember my name. My name is Ginger Oreskovich. And I am a manager of adult services at the Lighthouse of Central Florida here in Orlando. And I'm also a certified vision rehabilitation therapist. And the reason that I'm here today is to talk about smart technology. Now, Mark back there is probably choking and laughing because he probably knows that I'm probably the last person that should be up here talking anything about smart and technology. But that is why they call it smart technology, because I don't have to be smart to use the technology. Um, a couple of my coworkers are presenting right next door. And oh, they're bringing my show and tell. All right, Chris, come on down. One of the main items that I brought with me was the Instapot. But before we go into the Instapot, how many people here in their homes on a regular basis are using some form of smart technology? Clap your hands. Okay, so if I say Google, give me a clap. If I say Alexa, give me a clap. Okay. If I say Siri, give me a clap. All right. So everybody in here probably has um, a different home. Um, situation if you are using home devices how many individuals in this room currently have smart lights in their home all right how many individuals in here have smart appliances well she's going to be clapping her hands right off Woohoo! <laughs> And uh, who in here has a smart thermostat? Oh my goodness, if you don't have a smart thermostat, I hear that that, that that should be your next thought process, especially for those of us who have low or no vision. So if you have low or no vision, do I get a clap? So I am the proud owner of my own low vision called retinitis pigmentosa. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, my, all right. So yeah, you know, we're all related. Somewhere down the line, we've all related. So 
Um, if anybody here can relate to some of the best looking, highly intelligent, stubborn people, um, that was, I don't know if anybody here knows of a gentleman named Purvis Ponder. That was his description of people who had retinitis pigmentosa. So Leslie, you know, really fits that, right? Um, anyway, back to smart appliances. We have Chris Saka here. Have, has everybody met him today so far? And Chris. <laughs> so, Chris is actually pretty stinking phenomenal. I work with very phenomenal people. Um, one of the things when it comes to smart technology, it sounds to me like a lot of people in here are more inclined to the Alexa than they are some of the others. I admittedly am, am not an Alexa person. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I, I'm a Google. And um, they do operate a little differently, right? They do operate slightly differently, but they're all the same concept. And many, many, many of the appliances and things that are out there that are smart will work with either one. Um, I'm currently in a home remodel and uh, not really. Nothing like being visually impaired and you can't find anything. You can't find the counter because there ain't one. Can't find the floor because there ain't one. Can't find the window because there ain't one. Um, but if you ask Google, we'll tell you where you live. But... <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit. Anybody here have an Instapot at all? You too? Do you enjoy it? You like it? Well, there are five tips that I'm going to provide to you in regards to the Instapot. Well, they make an Instapot that is Wi-Fi capable, that you can operate using an app on your smartphone. You know, I, I have one that they tell me is a smartphone, but sometimes I really wonder, you know. Um, I really do. Um, yeah. Um, if, you, if you have an iPad, that would also, you know, anything like, okay. Well, the one benefit to being able to use uh, a device like the Instapot using your, on the, via Wi-Fi, is the fact that you can control it through the app. And so if you are a voice over user with, you know, an iPhone, okay, there are other phones that also do talk back and stuff, but obviously I have a little bit of a prejudice for my Apple product, for Apple products. Anybody here an iPhone user? Okay. I'm sure there's some Android users in here too. And it, it, 
and 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 and, and you're okay. We still like you. Um, so. One thing I have found, because I have a mixture of smart things and old things, I think it's important to recognize the right combination of technology for the right thing. And what I mean is I, I had a student recently who her daughter bought her a smart microwave with an Alexa and all of this stuff. She's, she's an elderly lady and she, she loved it. She started telling the microwave, you know, please, please go on for one minute, please go on for 90 seconds and it would work. But when her lights flickered, the Wi-Fi reset and then, and then she couldn't, that was the only way she knew how to do it. So when she had a, when she had a power flicker, you know how it goes where the, where your internet can go offline. You gotta be careful because if that's the only way you know how to do it, you're sunk. And so there is a lot to be said. I was, well, I was just going to say, there is a lot to be said gang for, for bump dots because you, you know, I have, I have a lot of technology, but for my microwave, I have a bump dot on, on the, on the one minute plus button. And I just, I just go up to it and I feel for that circle and I just push that bump dot that the number of times of minutes that I need. And I just, I just leave it at that. And I, I tell my students that too, is you just because you can be mega technology, you don't have to be in every situation and don't get me wrong. Cause I love, I love having a smartphone. I love being able to verbally talk to it, but sometimes for things like, like a microwave, sometimes a bump dot will do the trick almost better than trying to pair it with something else. Because if things go wrong, you don't want to ever be in a situation gang where you can't use your oven or your, or your appliance because, um, you know, because you had a, because your, your power went out. Now you have to wait for someone to come and, and fix it. Having the right combination of technology and manual stuff is, is really key. In the other room we were talking about, um, grilling and, and one, one appliance that I think is really useful is, is the, the George Foreman grill, especially for those of you, if you, if you like grilling and you cannot see the George Foreman grill is very ideal because it heats on both sides and you can use it in your kitchen. And all you do is you, you just open it up. You put your, your hamburger or your chicken patty or whatever it is you want to grill in it and you close the lid and in 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it's, it's ready. It's cooked on both sides. So you don't have to find it. You don't have to try to find it and flip it. Hopefully you don't drop it. It's just, it's in there and it, and it cooks perfect. And so I wanted to, I wanted to throw that out there because yes. Oh, I'm sorry. So the question was, if you, if you use a George Foreman inside, is it going to burn your counter? And the answer is no, because it's, it, it is a kitchen appliance. It is designed to be used on your, on your kitchen counter. The only thing you have to be, the only thing you have to be, be leery of is if you're, if you're making a lot of like ground beef and stuff, you have to watch that, that grease pan 
Because when the grease pan gets full, what I would recommend you do is have a spare to slide the full one to the side and slide an empty one underneath and let the, let your grease pan cool before taking it to the garbage. That way you're not trying to carry hot grease and hope that, you know, we, you know, a tray is one of the best pieces of technology you could have. Speaking of that, because it, it confines your mess to a to a small rectangle. So if you make a huge mess, you just wash your tray instead of your floor and everything else. Oh. Okay, so um, the gentleman that's been running back and forth here in the front, his name is Ramon Dukes. And um, I don't really want to tell everybody this, but he's a phenomenal instructor very, very good at what he does because I don't want anybody to steal him from me. <laughs> um, but uh, he's up busy up here trying to set up a few things so that we can do a little bit of a show and tell, uh, hopefully. Um, but the, one of the things I wanted to mention about the Instapot, there's, if, if you're using one not on the Wi-Fi system, there's five very important tips that any new user of an Instapot needs to know. And the number one is, you know, it, if you've heard any advertisement about the Instapot, the advertisement is about how fast it will cook things. And yes, it does cook things very fast, like six minutes and you will have the most delicious taco soup or chicken, or roast, or what have you. What it doesn't tell you is it takes five to 10 minutes for the pressure to build up. And then it takes another 10 to 20 minutes before the venting process. Um, venting. Okay, so if any of us, I'm sure, I'm not gonna date myself, but if anybody in here remembers what a pressure cooker is. Essentially, that's what an Instapot is. An Instapot is a form of a pressure cooker slash rice cooker. It sautés. It just doesn't answer my phone calls. I mean, it, it does a lot of things. Um, but because of the nature, if anybody here has seen um, what pressure cookers do, they have to build up the pressure inside. And that's how they, you know, quickly cook and cook some of the cheaper meats to very tasty. You know, it's really great for people who have families or are on budgets because of the, and aren't we all, right? Um, because of the fact that it can do a really good job of tenderizing and pulling all the juices and fluids together. But number one tip on the Instapot is it, it actually does take a little bit of time, the cooking process, not the actual cooking itself, but the preparation for using it. The second tip that I wanna tell you is the burn. And I'm sorry, what was your name? Dorian. She was talking about how she went to make something and then it, it burned. 
um, you, depending on the size of your Instapot, you need to have at least a cup of liquid in there, so like a cup of water or what have you, but you, you have to have fluid in, in that Instapot for it to not burn. Yeah, well, it depends on the size. It could be a little less fluid if you have a smaller one, but if you have like something that's a six quart, you need to have at least one cup of, flu of fluid in there. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the, the, other, the other thing to, to know is that you need to be aware of the features, the outside features of the Instapot. Where am I? There it is. Okay. Um, so Ramon's on the hunt for a plug-in over here. But on the top of the lid, there is a mechanism um, that, that either holds, that you either switch the dial so that it helps build the pressure inside the pot or it vents it. So it is important to know that if you're gonna cook, it's not just enough to lock the lid down, which is a nice feature because when you don't see and you don't know if you've got the lid on, the Instapot will tell you because it will beep. When the lid gets on and it's on there sufficiently, it will beep. But the, there is a, the, a little switch that you have to make sure is in the right position so that it is building pressure because without the pressure, it doesn't cook. Oh, Ramon is bringing it around so that he can show it to you. The other part of that too is that after the cook, there's two different types of venting. Some of the settings for your Instapot, it will do an automatic vent, which means that it will bring down the pressure, let release um, the, the buildup of the heat inside on its own, or the recipe or may require you to disengage. Okay, it's, it's four o'clock. Correct. There is a lot to be said for, for video calling when you're in a jam. There, there's so many, they have so many apps like Be My Eyes and things like that out there to do that. But what I have found is if I'm in a jam, sometimes it's so much easier to just FaceTime my daughter or a friend real quick and say, listen, where's my finger? Or what's this? Or what's, you know, where, what am I touching? Um, and it's just, it's, it's just a piece of technology we have at our disposal now that, that's really nice. Um, every, everybody needs a helping hand sometimes. So um, a lot of times too, a hotel like this, if you're in the room and you don't know how to work the thermostat because it's probably not accessible, you can pull out your phone and FaceTime a friend and say, hey, show me where cool is or show me what, where I am. And sometimes it's as simple as that, like a 60 second fix. So, so just keep that in mind. Sometimes less is more. 
when it comes to simplicity, rather than try to reinvent the wheel, just, you know, ma'am. Hi, this is Debbie Hazel. Cut me off. Um, questions? <laughs> this is Debbie Hazelton. I wondered if I could add a comment. Um, when I was trying to get you, I'm Ramon Deuce, by the way. I was trying to get you guys to, uh, I was trying to demonstrate the Alexa show for those of you who uh, have never seen one. This Alexa show actually controls not only this Instapot, but the Alexa microwave. Um, if, you, if those of you who are familiar with that. So theoretically, if we had Wi-Fi connection and all the ducks lined up in the stars, um, what, I would, what I was gonna do is have the, have the Alexa turn on the Instapot to the setting I want. So if I wanted it to pressure cook or slow cook, um, or if I wanted to cook something fast, uh, I, you would tell it what meat you want and what temperature, and it would just start it. Um, fun fact, I've never used this Instapot in our office, only on accident. So when we first got it, I told Alexa to turn it on. I didn't realize this thing came with uh, utensils inside of it, and uh, I melted them. So they took away my privileges, and they stole the plug from me. So I just got the plug back for this demonstration. <laughs> Um, but I will tell you, it does work. We did get all the melted plastic out of it. It's pretty clean, I guess. Um, and also this Alexa show, the, the nice feature about the show and any other smart device that has a screen on it, it can read products to it. So theoretically, I would be able to just hold it up and say, Alexa, show me this product and it would tell me what it was. Uh, this one is, I think this is the two, Ginger. This one's a pretty old one. This is not... Yeah, this is not one of the newer ones, but even the first generation ones did that. Um, and then also the Facebook portal um, and the Google has one that's called the Nest, I think. Yeah, um, that, has, that does the same thing. Uh, it, it shows you the product. It, has, it does everything else Alexa does, but it also gives you the product. And also it can give you recipes. It can take you through recipes step-by-step, -step, timers and all that other stuff. But the cool thing about it is it would control these smart devices. Also, just your standard uh, uh, Alexa Dot or your Google Home can control these Instapot or the Alexa microwave or anything like that. And those of you who don't know what the Alexa microwave is, it is very cheap. The only thing it does not do is bring the food to you. You just open it, put the food in, tell Alexa to start it for whatever time you want. It'll start it and then it'll stop and you take the food out. It's that simple. And they make them in 900 and 1100 watts. Uh, the Alexa microwave, they're only about 60 bucks. Um, and during like Black Fridays or something like that, they go even cheaper. So it's, it's, it's a well worth an investment in my opinion. The Alexa microwave also has a physical button on it where you can talk to it directly. You hit the Alexa button and talk to the microwave directly uh, in case you don't have uh, Echo Dot or anything like that. The one thing you do need with this is Wi-Fi. The moment your Wi-Fi is out, everything else is out. You can still use these appliances manually, but you won't be able to use them digitally through, through Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. Ginger is saying, we hate to pull your Wi-Fi button. <laughs> uh -huh. oh, we had a question. Hi, um, this is, oh, go ahead. I'm bad, I didn't even bring my business cards today. I'm so sorry. I was gonna say, uh, Leslie, Sheila, almost everybody um, know who, knows who Lighthouse is and um, know where we are. So they have our contact information. 
We appreciate it. It's our pleasure. I'll, I'll bring it to you. Thank you, everybody, for coming to our meeting. Uh, if you are ready to uh, uh, join us or rejoin us, uh, please come up and see Leslie, and she will be more than happy to uh, take your dues. Um, I will be here in the room for any uh, additional questions as well. If you want to look up on YouTube or just generally the internet, okay, Google six, the number six, S-I-X, Sisters Stuff. Okay, spell it out completely. They do videos of how to use Crock-Pots and um, Instapots. They don't do it for the blind, but they describe everything they do. I got permission from them to show their videos in my class, which is, you know, blind and visually impaired students. I joined one of their things. They very graciously gave me permission to show their videos. Um, you can ask them questions, you know, te uh, text or whatever them questions, but they describe everything that they do, which is really, and they explain why they do it. And super simple recipes, very affordable recipes. <laughs>